It's the Lost Years Pod. Lost Years Pod. Running through this show called Boy Meets World is what we're doing. Sit and tell your friends who will always stand by you. It's the Lost Years Pod. Hello and welcome to the Lost Years, a retrospective fan cast. I'm Sid. I'm Tay. And I'm Dan. We have a special guest. Hi. <laughs> we were going to introduce you, but this is also fine. I'm sorry, I just didn't, couldn't wait. Immediate chaotic energy, and I do appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> Sid's face when Dan started talking was absolutely hysterical. I'm really glad it's a listening audio only. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hi, Dan. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You are our third ever guest. It's an honor. Second is the worst, right? Third is the best. Something like that. <laughs> That's simply not. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's actually third is the one with the treasure chest. So I think you're doing great. Perfect. I'll take what I can get. So I think what we normally do when we have new guests on is ask what their history with Boy Meets World is. Um, Great question. So I grew up with it. Um, I was very much somebody who would, you know, turn on the TV, see it on. But I liked it a lot because it was a very different sort of vibe than your typical sort of, you know, like a Nickelodeon show or something like that or something you'd see on Cartoon Network. It was it was a show that like I would see and I would also very much see myself in it. And it was like a very different way of approaching media than I had ever been used to before, um, which I can kind of talk about a little bit more as we get into this episode in particular. But um, I really loved it. It, it has always held a special place in my heart. Um especially now being actually like an actual adult that has met the world in some ways. Um, you see how close they, they got to actually nailing it, you know? Oh, wow. I love that. <laughs> That's really beautiful. So I think, um, yeah, something, something Dan pointed out too that I completely forgot about um, when he got here today was that he is also a teacher. So this oh. is going to be a really fun episode for reasons you will soon see audience <laughs> man what yeah. a good time yeah thanks thanks yeah well hopefully you know what i don't let you down um and if so <laughs> you know what it's a one and done one and done no you should come back if you want all right break my arm sure <laughs> <laughs> i guess we should see how today goes <laughs> never allowed yeah, back ever point. again <laughs> <laughs> well hey dan uh, what are you nostalgic for this week? Oh, I was really excited when I got asked this question. Um, I will say I definitely think obviously watching Boy Meets World uh, kind of kickstarted my thinking, um, specifically with uh, Will Friedle, Okay, So mm-hmm. um, what I remembered in watching him was when the Disney Channel movie came out, My Debt with the President's Daughter. Uh, Very nostalgic for that. But specifically, <laughs> the pink dress that she wears <laughs> in for some weird reason i think of that dress and i think that that is the softest looking fabric that i have i mean it's definitely like crush velvet or something it's something it's a very nice fabric if it was sold at an auction for millions of dollars i would not doubt it <laughs> but i really i really 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 loved that dress um i don't wow. know if that was an awakening for me or something but you know <laughs> a straight awakening yep a straight one yeah yeah uh but uh, yeah, I, that is definitely my nostalgic. Oh, that's so fun. I remember that movie being absolutely insanely chaotic. Well, first, could you imagine dating the president's daughter just on a whim? Imagine trying to sneak away from Secret Service. like As a basic <laughs> like high schooler, pretty much. Right. Couldn't be me. Couldn't Outsmart be me. the Secret Service. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. It's so funny to see movies like that and like the Secret Service and what they're doing in that and then like watch Scandal and the Secret Service and what they're doing in that show. It's just completely different characterizations <laughs> of of people. Well, that's a great one. Sid, what are you nostalgic for this week? Why did I say it like that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't either. Normally that type of energy comes at the end of the show. So I'm glad that again, I'm gonna, it's starting out great. Part of me wants to take it again, but we've talked about it too much. So that's, that's what's staying in the episode. <laughs> uh, I am nostalgic for mall days being a teen or a tween where you just go and walk around at the mall. Oh my God. Because that's something that we did, especially in suburb life. Um, and yeah. Just, you know, grabbing at the time it was Starbucks Frappuccinos and then just walking around and you're not buying anything because you don't have any money. Um, True but, Frappuccino. 
just looking at everything. Um, and now when like I go to the mall, I have a purpose, uh, yeah. typically. And a few months ago, uh, a few of our friends decided to just go and walk around the mall, like being in kids again. And it felt wild because I was like, what is wow. just grabbing something from Dairy Queen here? Just walking around, <laughs> going into Spencer's gifts, like <laughs> everything wow. is crazy. Not buying anything again. It was fun. You just, but... you feel the angst kind of all coming back. Yeah. I mean, there was <laughs> yeah. something though about walking around the mall too that like it felt like you had a bit of power out of nowhere. Like you weren't doing yeah. anything, but that's just what people did as adults is go to the malls. You're like, now I can that's do true. it. Yeah. No one's watching me. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I was like in a suburban mall because I live in the city now. We don't like, we have a mall, but it doesn't feel like a mall in the same way that like malls feel like you know what i mean like it's uh, the water tower does not feel like a mall no that's and so like a the water right. tower is also stressful <laughs> yeah there's too many levels there's seven floors um it's there's a lot and a, like a mezzanine there's a lot going on in the water <laughs> tower um but yeah i i love that that's so great i feel like you're so right about just like not having any money but feeling like i'm going to the, i used to just go hang out at the mall with friends it was the only yeah. place that people in the suburbs could hang out and feel like, right. I don't know, alive for a moment. <laughs> it was like a really good time killer because you could just go in every store and then go grab some food. And then actually I take it back. The last time I was in the mall was uh, Black Friday 2021. Oh, wow. Because that's the only time. I was in the city where all my family lives and they have a mall uh, because it's like tiny town. And so they obviously have a mall. And that was the last time I was in a mall. But in my own state, I haven't been in one in several years. As an adult, to see that like motley crew of kids like going down the... Oh, yeah. It's, it's kind of both, again, nostalgic and at the same time, like kind of horrifying. Like, I don't want to be anywhere near you. I don't <laughs> it need feels to super feel... Weird. I don't need to feel the tension and awkwardness <laughs> of like... This teen energy. Yeah, I don't want that. I experienced it too for too long. <laughs> the weirdest is also realizing how young they look and thinking, did I look like that when I was just yeah. walking around the mall? Because I, yeah. again, felt like an adult. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. They look so tiny even yeah, you even feel like so old at that age freshman yeah. year of like college i look back at pictures and i was like i don't remember looking like yeah. i was in fifth grade but no <laughs> i was like yeah i can write this we also did a fun thing at the mall where uh the apple store started becoming a thing and so you'd go and then just use mm. all of the technology that was there because you absolutely could not afford it by any means and so that's where <laughs> like a couple weeks ago the mac photo booths like we would just do that on the computers there and just leave all of our photos for some reason so mm -hmm. i don't know what happened mm -hmm. to them but we took way too many <laughs> and that was just what my friends some and I apple did. staff person had to clear all, all the photos out from like, all oh, these, the annoying teams every again. day yeah. yeah we'd log into facebook and then just you know we would log out of that before we left but right, of course yeah i don't know why we would just sit at the apple store <laughs> God, that's so fun. That's so cute and fun. Anyway, what are you nostalgic for, Tag? Um, as you all know, I rarely come prepared. <laughs> but Sid's thing made me think of a thing, which it so often does. Um, I'm nostalgic for my prom dress. Oh, wow. Tender. Yeah, tender. <laughs> I, I, was, I was thinking about a lot of things. Um, my, I was talking to dad about this. My high school reunion is, uh, I think actually like a month from today and I'm still not a hundred percent sure if I'm going, I'm probably will go. But that combined with you talking about the mall, I went and got my prom dress at a mall because I wasn't supposed to, I wasn't allowed to go to prom. Like I snuck out to go to prom. Amazing. Uh, most of my friends know this story. Um, but I, I had to sneak out to go to prom. And so, um, I, I saved up like a couple of paychecks, uh, and went to Carson's. Carson's Peary, Carson Peary Scott. I don't know if most people know what that is, uh, but it's, it's a very suburban department store. And I found my prom dress. It was like, I think we went, we were, I went with three friends and one of the friends is uh, the one that helped me like do all of my prom stuff. She like kept all of my stuff for me um, so that I didn't, so I had like a place to hide it basically. And uh yeah, we went to Carson's. We found we found my dress and it was on sale, but it was still, I think, like over $200. And I bought it all by myself. And then my mom was like, I was like in the house for the next two weeks because I didn't have any money because I spent all my <laughs> paycheck on these dresses. And I was like, why aren't you doing anything? And I was like, I just don't feel like it. And I had no money. I couldn't pay for gas. I couldn't do anything. Um, because in, in the early 2010s, gas was like $5 a gallon like it is now. And so I how just, did I you remember that? I, 
I was driving. I would not remember that. I never, even today, driving a normal car with gas prices. I think so it's I because my sister drove, like she had a car she drives now. When she started driving, gas was like two, three dollars. $2 a gallon. Where she's in Texas, it was like under $2 a gallon. And so I was always like, it's so unfair that like when I was in high school and was driving, I could not, <laughs> I used to have to spend like $60 to fill up my tank. I filled up my tank, I think one time the entire time I had a car. And it was like one night after uh, work, I got paid. I took my paycheck to the bank and then I went to the gas station. I filled up my car and it was $60, but I didn't have to think about gas for like a solid month. Wow. And that was really nice. Good old days. Um, it probably wasn't that long. But yeah, that was the reason. It's because when my sister was driving, her gas was so cheap. And she was, I was like, oh my God, gas. And I was like, you don't even know what the struggle. You don't know what it's like. Okay. <laughs> now she does. Really, really, really quick question. Uh, what kind of dress did you get? Was it mermaid ball? It was mermaid. It was uh, blue and black, kind of floral. It had, if I <laughs> if I can find a photo of it, I will post it uh, when this episode comes out. Because I really like my prom dress. Aww. I thought it looked great on me. Um, it was blue and black, kind of floral. And then it had like... Um, like, uh, it was a mermaid, like, skirt, so it was, like, fitted all the way through, and then mermaid skirt, and then it was, like, the skirt was kind of, like, not frilled, but, like, layered, if that makes sense. Yeah, it was very pretty. Nobody had a dress like mine, because mine was on sale. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> it was almost it was almost a little bit too small, but it ended up being fine. I was definitely pressed in there. I yeah. love that. My prom dress. I haven't thought about my prom dress in a very long time, but for some reason, my school, no one got, like, the floor length, so everybody just had, like, short prom dresses and I don't understand why because looking back I'm like I would have rather just had a really nice pretty long dress yeah, because I would never wear down. that thing again exactly so that that was sad I still liked my prom dresses but it was a very different energy uh, yeah. at our prom and I did not enjoy it <laughs> my friend uh that stored all of my stuff for me I like left my prom dress at her house because I was like well I don't know <laughs> I don't want to act like outwardly admit that I went to prom if, when I go home from basically being gone for three days. Um, so I'm just not going to bring it with me. And then I never got it back from her. I don't know what she did with it. Oh, that's kind of sad. <laughs> it is sad. I'm like kind of sad about it. Um, and we like stopped being friends. So I just I had no way of getting that back. And I was I don't know what happened to her, to her or, or the dress. Um, I would have had a ball gone if I had a choice. So way to go. My sister had a gorgeous, her senior year, her prom dress was so pretty. It was so pretty. It was like this big yellow, like full, full ball gown situation. I was like, oh my God, so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, do you want to get into it? Yeah. I'm ready. All right. So season three, episode 18 is titled Life Lessons. The episode aired on February 23rd, 1996, and it was directed by Jeff McCracken, written by Michael Jacobs, April Kelly, and Jeff Sherman. Look at that. Ah, your old friend Jeff Sherman. We love we love Jeff. Uh, synopsis is, tensions run high as exam <laughs> week looms near. When Mr. Feeney refuses to alter the exam schedule, a group of thugs trash his house. Thugs is a good word. Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah. Like last week, I was trying to figure out what to call them um, because I already used shysty lads. I can't <laughs> use that again. I was actually wondering so... if you were going to you know, recycle it. No, I was like, I can't, I can't. I think I called them, I think I just called them dudes. I think I called them a gang of dudes, which I don't think is great. I put uh, bad boy, bad boy. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> All right. Well, first scene, we were at school. Corey, Sean, and Topanga walk down the hall and see that the final schedule has been posted and it's tight. Three in one day with all the finals in one week. Topanga tells Corey not to call her for the next two weeks as she will be studying and leaves. Other nearby students are also worried about the final schedule and Corey tells them, don't worry, if we devote the next two weeks to studying in the library, we got no problem. Cue the montage of Corey and Sean in several places with their books, but they're watching TV and not studying. Uh, and then to them and Topanga cramming in the cafeteria saying, we have a problem, gang. Finals are in two days. How did this sneak up on us? Sean's like, I don't know, man. These books haven't left my side in two weeks. Corey says, what kind of evil, sick, twisted mind would think of a schedule like this? Feeney then walks by and deadpans, hi, gang. <laughs> and Corey stops him to ask about the jammed final schedule. Feeney tells him that they should actually study and leaves. Topanga says, you know, if we just buckle down and study, I'm sure we'd have no problem. And then a group, oh, I called them tough guys. A group of tough guys <laughs> walks up and one says, I'll tell you when we've got no problem. It's when you get rid of Feeney. And Corey kind of laughs awkwardly and says, what do you mean? And the guy says, I mean, get rid of him. Are you insinuating that they do a murder? <laughs> uh, uh, he walks away. 
He walks away. Topanga says, those guys give me the creeps. And Corey says, yeah, but I mean, we do have a problem here. Too much work, not enough time. He then addresses the cafeteria and says, you know, gang, the only way Feeney's going to listen to us is if we organize and show strength. The crowd cheers and he says, so you're with me? And then hard cut to the boys and a bunch of the students at Chubby's again, watching TV again. And that is the end of the opener. That was a good opener. Yeah, it was yeah. It was a, not having seen Boy's World in a while. I was like, this is a perfect reason for why it kind of just hooks you in so quickly. <laughs> uh, I love Topanga being back because I feel like we hadn't seen her in a minute. And then yeah, it was just kind of very casual about the three of them hanging out. Um, right. And I just remember the last time. <laughs> I was looking at when this was filmed like in the production order, because obviously this season we've been, I've talked about it a little bit. We've been jumping around a lot and where they're airing these. And this did, I was curious because she said, don't call me for the next two weeks. And I'm like, so how often are Corey and Topanga talking on the phone? Um, but this was filmed technically after they broke up. So I don't, I'm, I'm interested about that. But like I check, I think it's the episode right after they break up. So I don't know, maybe they're still on their like, we're very good friends thing. Interesting. It's weird. That is interesting. Yeah. So they're planning to kill Feeny. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it, right? <laughs> they said get rid of him. And I'm like, this sounds like you want to do a murder. Like, it sounds like you're insinuating killing this man. And I don't really know how you as a student, although this man does look very adult. Looks 27 at least. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is really funny because they totally could have said something like, and we're going to teach him a lesson, but right. <laughs> which would have you worked. You get rid of him. <laughs> they had options. <laughs> they had I options. also really love that this group, uh, I did call them thugs. I feel like I win mm. the points there because I used what the synopsis also said, but <laughs> they walk up like they've been here the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they haven't. <laughs> Question. The guy yeah. that's with them from the Sandlot. Yeah, Has absolutely. he been in this no this is his first appearance this is his first time just in nonchalantly that we have seen walking yeah. in okay because i was like yeah you're famous famous <laughs> um wasn't Fun ready fact, for that just because you brought that up this is the third person from the sandlot to appear in the show at this point which i do think is crazy <laughs> really yeah because uh wait who are the other two yeah so the other two let me see i put this down so this one's patrick renna who plays ham in the sandlot if you've mm -hmm. seen it uh, first episode had Chauncey Leopardi, who plays Squints. He's in the first episode. Uh, and then the oh, third... Is he the friend? No. He's just in the episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> and one of the death chair kids was Marty York. They literally just uh, interviewed him on the Podbeats World show. But he played Yeah Yeah. And he's oh one of the God. kids. <laughs> but at this That's point, so it has been two seasons later. And then they get... Patrick right. Rana, and it's like, oh, you know who that is now? <laughs> yeah. It's not just a child actor. <laughs> just not a small child, yeah. Can we talk really quickly? Um, is yes. that final schedule worth riding over, or is that pretty par That's a great for question. I feel like I'm trying to remember how my schedules were when I was in high school, and I don't know if... I mean, I think I've had three finals in a day before. Yeah, I thought it was kind of normal, but then... If all three were in one day, what is your week a one day school week, and then you get the rest of the days off? Because I mean, I wouldn't, I would riot for that schedule <laughs> <laughs> to have all your finals and yeah, be done. Exactly. It feels weird to, and they they only said three like three classes. It was like English, history, chemistry, and like history. Yeah, and I'm just like, so the uh, there, there's minimum five subjects that you have in school, generally speaking, where the other ones are throughout the week so like why are you mad <laughs> i think they were complaining over nothing <laughs> yeah i don't think your complaints are valid i think you're wrong <laughs> um okay so we go to the next scene we are in the hallway Corey, sean and a bunch of students crowd turner to complain about i guess the concept of taking finals at all turner's like it's a tough schedule that's what school's about and Corey says yeah but not this tough people are starting to crack and then topanga walks by memorizing what sounds like the periodic table and Corey adds she's not even in chemistry <laughs> sean calls the final schedule again conspiracy and Corey says it's bad enough that we have to take all these finals but why does he have to cram them together turner says it's a reasonable question tell you what i'll talk to feeney get you a reasonable answer smash cut to feeney in his classroom saying no i am not going to change my final schedule to suit the whims of a few disgruntled students 
students. Turner's like, why do we have to lump them together? Wouldn't it be easier to spread them out a little bit? Vinny says, it would be much easier. And if we asked them simpler questions, that would be easier still. If we had no tests, just put on party hats and play the hokey pokey. I dare say that my students would love me. And Turner says, you lose the hokey pokey. I think you're onto something. <laughs> Vinny sits back down, exasperated, and Turner continues, George, I think they have a valid point. Can't you at least hear them out? Vinny says, I will always have time to listen to my students. Cut back to Turner walking out of the classroom, and he tells the students that he agreed to listen, so they need to appoint a leader. No one volunteers, and then Corey says, oh, look, a quarter, grabs it, and everyone takes a step back, then applauds him like he did volunteer. Tough kid, who we now learn is named Denny, says, all right, Matthews, but if you can't change that old dinosaur's mind, we will. Corey reassures him, I've known the guy since I was in diapers. I ate his dirt for crying out loud. Cut back into Feeney's classroom. There's a lot of cutting around in this episode. Corey walks in and Feeney says, I understand you have some concerns about the schedule. And Corey's like, yes, I do. Because you got to admit, three finals in one day is sort of tough. Feeney stands and asks, how long has the exam schedule been posted? And Corey says, a couple days. Feeney replies, two weeks. And how long have you had to study the material? Corey, thinking he's got it this time, says two weeks. And Feeney replies, all semester. And you come to me now? How can I take you seriously? Corey says, I didn't want to use this, but we're neighbors, right? And Feeney's like, oh, God. Remember when I was a kid and I ate all that dirt and you were good enough to call poison control? Feeney thinks and says, I wanted my dirt back. And Corey says, well, I guess I want you to do that again. You know, one lifelong friend to another. Feeney goes, Corey. And Corey says, George. And Feeney says, get out. <laughs> we got to Corey walking out of the classroom as students applaud, deeply presumptuous of them. They ask what the new schedule is. And he's like, I got nothing. Danny and his dudes are like, you had your chance. Now we're going to do things my way. And Corey asks what he means. And Feeney says, oh, no. Corey asks what he means and he says Feeney's made our lives miserable forever and now it's time to give him back a little bit of what he gave us are you with me students cheer and follow him and Sean starts to as well until Corey asks where he's going and he says Corey I hate these exams and then he leaves with the rest of the students and that's the end of the scene mm. there's a lot yeah it's a big one I love that they organize yet another strike which is something that I've never <laughs> considered as a kid and I that's just a that. concept that they this are fully the aware of. One, yeah. <laughs> I just like how they are so willing to easily like walk, and, you know, yeah, let's go out of the school and let's, you know, go nuts <laughs> or follow him to the, you know, the, to not the bar, but to the uh, restaurant that they're at, like as a collective. Like, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. How's that? How do they <laughs> yeah. do that? That's great. Love that. <laughs> Wish I had that. Just a gang of people to follow yeah. you around. Yeah. Would have really helped the self-esteem, but you know. They do a lot of hard cuts in this episode, like you were talking about. And I it always just makes me think of what the audience is doing because they can't see the scenes played out. Like oh, they true. edit it for our purpose of being like, this is a joke, but yeah. it just cuts to Feeney just being like, no. <laughs> and they have to laugh. <laughs> they just go action and then no. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was wild to see uh to see this as a teacher, so I've been teaching, I'm going to be in my seventh year, and <gasps> so for sixth Oh grade. my god. Wait, that's actually crazy. Yeah, I know. Isn't <laughs> I've known you the whole time you've been disgusting. teaching, but that's actually insane. Yeah, it's gross, some might say. But uh, <laughs> um, hearing Feeney complain about, like, to Corey, like, how long have you had to study for this? Because we have the same issues. There's there, You know the students that are going to slack off, and you tell them the end of the quarter is coming my friend like you need to get this together <laughs> and then the week of like the quarter ending the come to you would be like you know miss rocha can you like is there anything you can do to raise my grade and like without a doubt without fail everybody will do this and it's the most frustrating thing um to the point where like there's a bunch of other teachers in the school that'll say like it is the worst four weeks of of the year the end of the quarter week um <laughs> because then they care all of a sudden they care and i was like holy shit this is real this is real watching this with feeny i was like that's amazing well researched i was gonna say a teacher must have written this but i don't think that's <laughs> the case but it 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 is very very true you know what I also liked about this uh, scene is Feeney calls him Corey and not Mr. Matthews, which yeah, I think he we just, don't hear him do that very often. Yeah, he just levels the field a little bit and is like, I'm being real with you. Just stop. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So this B story is deeply nothing, um, but we're going to do it. Um, so we're in the Matthews living room. A pretty dressed up woman is at the door, introduces herself to Eric as Brenda. He's like, oh, you didn't get the message. They had car trouble, so they're not going to make it. And she's like, oh, so it's just you and me, huh? And she's being flirty until she realizes that Eric is Amy and Alan's son. She thought Eric was Turner as she was being set up on a blind date with him by Amy. She's embarrassed and tries to leave. And Eric's like, no, I'm flattered. Look, my mom already canceled Mr. Turner, but I haven't eaten yet. Want to grab a bite ski? She agrees and they leave. End of scene. 
It's <laughs> yeah. You know, if I ever <laughs> needed convincing to go out and somebody said, do you want to bite ski? That's going to be the thing to really <laughs> hook me in. It's so, oh man, I, this is like, as far as B stories go, one of the worst ones I've ever seen because it's, it's really just to fill the space. It's only three scenes and it's so deep. It's like immediately, it's so dumb. It's so dumb and I hate it. Yeah. It was also jarringly like in the middle of things. Like, I don't know. I thought that this character had showed up before, but this is. No. No. She's there. (laughs) She's just there. I did think the entire time, whenever especially at the end whenever she left I was like ma'am you are an older woman he's 18 years old <laughs> please don't but the other thing that I thought when the scene had started is I didn't know that she was being set up with Turner and I thought that she thought that it was Alan for some reason and was like trying to hit on <laughs> Alan and I was like Brenda <laughs> no because then it was like oh you're being set up with Turner and I was like oh it makes more sense but I was like pump the brakes yeah. And then she went on date on a date with him anyway. So whatever. Wow. Imagine if Amy was like, yeah, would you like to meet my husband? Well, because I thought that she was just like coming over to be with Amy and or like hanging oh, out and, then and being just like, flirting oh. with Alan. <laughs> wow. Not the case. Wild. Wild. Okay. Uh, the next scene's pretty short, but we are back in the Matthews kitchen. Corey comes into a dark kitchen, hears some noise happening outside. He goes to look out the kitchen window and sees a bunch of kids vandalizing Feeney's house. They smash a window and the lights in Feeney's house come on. He steps out to investigate as they run away and once outside looks at his home, deeply distraught. Oh my God. The face that he made when he came out, I'm literally about to cry thinking about it. It's so (laughs) sad. He sees Corey through the window, also looking sad at the sight, and then steps back into his house. Corey's sad face. Everybody sat at the scene, guys. Corey's sad face is how we end the scene. I put a little frowny face in my nose. Yeah, (laughs) this this one hurt. That hurt a lot. Like, again, it's been a while since revisiting the show, but watching it, I was kind of like, I didn't expect to be this emotional, but here we are. They also, like, fully vandalized his home, like, broke his windows and stuff. Not even just threw toilet paper onto the house or did whatever. It's like, no, we're going to destroy your place because we don't like your test. It's wild. Yeah. (laughs) It's deeply, deeply insane to me that, like, people can be capable of such unnecessary, like, cruelty. People dislike tests, right? But you're, you're, like, vandalizing his home deeply van- like there was so much stuff everywhere the way that they like showed everything it's just like very it made me so sad and bill daniels as we are bill daniels stands here you know this he is doing some insanely good face acting yeah. in this like he comes out he looks so shocked and then when he real oh i'm gonna cry thinking about it oh my god but he looks so sad he just looks so sad and i'm just like first of all stop it how dare how dare you make me feel this much without saying any words? I just, uh, it's so, it's so, uh, oh. Mm. Even as, uh, you know, a teacher that's imagining to be in that situation would be devastating, you know? And yeah. I couldn't wrap my head around it. But uh, the other thing I couldn't actually wrap my head around is like, imagine you are Denny and the thugs, right? And you're done breaking the windows and it's like, all right you know, what do we do now? And then in my mind, I'm imagining like, well, uh, I got to set my alarm for 7am because we got to go to school <laughs> and like be quiet in class and like take notes. I'm like, it's such a bizarre, like to see them in class the next day yeah, was like, true. that is so funny to me that, you know, yeah, let's terrorize their home, but also wake up early and then show up. <laughs> go to school the next day. Okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. They could have oh, just man. like not gone to school or taken the test or anything. And that maybe would have sent a message. But instead, you're right. They yeah. did exactly that. It's like too much. Way too much. I also, it's just really sad because Finney has like the best intentions for his students and cares about them so deeply. And that also just yes. hurts as a viewer because you know that. Yeah. And not all of the students know that. But uh. yeah. Oh, man. Okay. So we get into it a little bit here the next scene um we are at school feeney is closing out a lecture and the end of the semester the bell rings and he says that finals start tomorrow i want to wish you all good luck they all groan and boo as they leave the class and topanga walks up with a tape recorder and a bunch of books and asks him if the continental congress will be on the final he lowers the recorder and tries to reassure her that she will be fine as she has been a good student all semester and she picks back up the recorder and says continental congress yes or no he answers yes miss lawrence into the tape recorder and she leaves Corey then walks up to his desk and says about what happened last night I was at the library. Feeney says, no one is accusing you. I know you better than that. Corey says, I think what those idiots did is way out of line. And Feeney agrees. I haven't always been popular with my students, but I've always had the respect until last night. 
Corey says they're just frustrated over the exam schedule. Feeney says, frustrated. You know, Mr. Matthews, 40 years ago, I was a new teacher. There was a very small faction of students who were frustrated. The majority wanted to learn. Now, with every passing year, I find that authority and respect have rotted away, and that small faction is now the majority. Corey says, wouldn't it just be easier to spread the exams out? It makes us happier, and it takes off the pressure. Feeney says, oh, yes, but don't you see? That little bit of pressure forces that tiny nugget of education past the baseball statistics and girls' phone numbers into a place where you can store it and recall it and maybe even someday use it. And Corey says, oh, just like quietly. Feeney continues, you know, Mr. Matthews, at the end of each school year, I also take a final exam. I examine my effectiveness as a teacher, and I wonder, who I taught? Who have I reached this year? Well, this year, after seeing what was done to my house, I realize that they have finally reached me. Corey asks what he means, and he says, I believe the term was dinosaur, wasn't it? I'm an old dinosaur. Corey stutters, which is a good thing. I mean, people love dinosaurs. I mean, you got your parties, right? Your Jurassic Parks. And who could forget about dino? What is it? Dino Flintstone? I wrote, is it dino? Yeah. Dino? Dino. I can't remember how it was said. Uh, Feeney says, Mr. Matthews, I'm retiring at the end of the year. The official announcement will be very soon. Just then. Denny and some, I call them dudes, but they are thugs. Like they're, they did a literally illegal thing. Uh, Denny and some thugs come in and Denny says, hey, Mr. Feeney, about your exam schedule. If you don't move it to later in the week, we ain't going to show. Feeney says, well, that is your right. I know. What a threat. <laughs> but both Dan and Sid just like put their hands up like, okay. <laughs> um, Feeney says, well, that is your right. And of course, if you don't take the exam, it is my right to fail you. Hmm? He glances at Corey and then steps through the dudes and leaves. Sean appears behind them and Denny says, that old dinosaur just doesn't want to become extinct. Man, I wish we could have seen his face when, we saw his, when he saw his house. Corey says, I did. And one of the dudes says, so Matthews, you kiss up? What'd you tell him? And he puts his hand on his shoulder menacingly. Corey brushes him off and says, like, easy, easy. Corey's cool, okay? He wouldn't have squealed. Corey's like, oh, does that make me cool, Sean? Is that what makes you so cool? And he leaves the class. Sean follows him out and is like, whoa, whoa, lighten up, okay? You're the one who said we should stand up to Feeney. Corey's like, but Sean, I didn't say vandalize his home. Sean's like, hey, I wasn't there, okay? I didn't do anything. Corey shoots back, but you knew about it. And Sean's like, yeah, but what was I supposed to do? Stand up and say, stay away from Feeney's house. And Corey's like, look, you didn't stop him, Sean, okay? And I think that makes you responsible. Sean's like, me? You're the one who started this whole thing. And Corey thinks and says, then I think that makes you responsible too. He walks away, and that is the end of the scene. I know. <laughs> yeah, I... I don't know. I mean, hearing his speech, uh, Mr. Feeney's, again, just super relatable in that, like, there's even talking, like, from year one to year six, there's a difference. It feels, at least, like there's a difference in regards to, like, my first year teaching felt like, oh, there's a lot of kids that are, like, are into it and da-da-da-da, and then it seems yeah. more and more kind of, like, things are changing a little bit, and, you know, it's just a strange, um, a strange way of sort of going about education in general. I mean, and don't get me wrong, there's plenty of students like Topanga, you know, that we would have, which is funny because students like Topanga are like a blessing and a curse in real life because like <laughs> they, you know that the test is going to be easy to them and they, they stress themselves out and they freak out. And it's like, I promise you're going to be fine. And that they like, they'll literally pull at Topanga. It's really funny. And of course they do great. And um, so like, but seeing their stress is always never that fun. But yeah. I mean, I definitely empathize with in regards to, the, to that respect piece. You know, you don't need to feel liked, but that respect is the thing that all teachers want. And, you know, also his, to his point about like pushing them a little bit beyond what they can do is the purpose of all teachers. Right? And if, and when it comes to sports, right, that's kind of like what the point of a coach is in order to like to get further than you were before. Run that last lap, you know, shoot that last free throw kick that last penalty just for practice. And then if you're able to do that, then you can see that you did more than you did before. And it's the same with education. It's just that it's hard to get the kids to see that too. It's so fun to have Dan here for this. <laughs> what a good episode to do this on. Yeah. 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 I just hate whenever Corey at the beginning of this whole scene is also making the excuse of like, well, they're just frustrated. I was like, no, they're just disrespectful as hell. There is a difference. Um, which is very sad. I do love that he was trying to make him feel better um, because he actually cares about Feeney. And I yeah. just like the two of them together. Uh, it made me sad whenever he said that he was retiring at the end of the year, which I know is not true. But right, right. Yeah. <laughs> There's a whole show. <laughs> he can't be done on season three. Like no, he's not. Um, he's not. Absolutely no. Um, 
But I also enjoy that he does stand up to Sean a little bit and kind of has that confrontation because, I mean, it does take a lot to also stand up to your friends when you know that something's wrong. Um, And I like that he kind of takes accountability of that. And it's not like he was the one that did anything. He also was watching and then, you know, not that he could have done anything then, but maybe. I don't know. He's just sitting in his kitchen. Um, I also think it it happens so fast fast in the moment like he looked out and was probably right the the processing of like it's dark what's happening what is that he didn't I don't think he really saw what was going on until Feeny turned his lights on and yeah see like the rest of the house but also you're not wrong in that like he was I really love that he was also taking responsibility for for kind of riling people up and being like this isn't fair like we should do something about it you know because obviously like he is not responsible for the vandalism. He didn't even know about it. And Sean did, which is like something entirely different. But he still was very much like, you're responsible and I'm also responsible because I was also part of this. And I think that's so good. Like, yes. Yeah. I also like it because it kind of ties into last week's episode for me because Corey wasn't taking any responsibility for not even no. thinking about what Sean might be feeling. Uh, and so for him to sort of like kind of own it when Sean says you started this whole thing was a nice little bit of like redemption in my mind for him. For sure. So we go to the next scene. We are in Feeny's backyard. Alan is helping Feeny clean up his house and makes a joke about throwing cheese on the eggs, on the roof, and waiting for a hot day. And Feeney says, you're a funny man, Alan. Alan says, look, George, I know this bothers you, but remember, it wasn't the whole school. It was just a couple of kids. Feeney says, well, you're right, but it really bothers me. Alan heads out just as Turner shows up looking at all the damage. He asks Feeney what's going on, and Feeney says, we had a wild toga party. Sorry we didn't invite you. (laughs) Turner says, I heard a rumor that you're retiring. What's that all about? And Feeney confirms, I have worked hard for many years, and this just feels right now my god to finally have time to garden to read a good book to travel finally do all the things that i love turner's like george you love teaching come on don't give these goons the power to change your life feeney says you don't garden do you john he says no but i can see where that toilet paper plant would come in handy as feeney is pulling toilet paper off a hedge feeney looks at him and says i'm surrounded by funny men (laughs) which i think is the best thing uh turner apologizes if he continues here in the garden at the end of each season you see the results of the seed that you planted and even in a particularly bad season there is still growth so mr turner sorry but i must admit these days i quite prefer the garden he goes in his house and turner contemplating this is what we end the scene on i absolutely loved this scene i thought it was (laughs) like perfect um and one of the things that like for me starts it is when he admits when he says, you're right, but it really bothers me. Because in my mind, Mr. Feeney is, you know, this hero, this person that's like uh, invincible. And Mm. I think teachers in general will put up this facade that they are better than whatever it is the kids can dish out. And to acknowledge that pain that he's feeling shows that, you know, that hero can take damage. And that's really hard to watch when you've been seeing this person for you know three seasons now and and he hurts just like we hurt and that's something that's just really different um and again like as a teacher to acknowledge that is a lot because you always want to be you know invincible and so that really got to me that line he's such a giant like as an actor but also like in this role like Feeney has been doing this for so long he's the principal of the school he has seen so many students like through so many years and you're right to like see him be like this has affected me in a way that it is like potentially making me make certain decisions because it just doesn't feel good anymore is oh so impactful that's such a good point yeah, it's been 40 years, he said, yeah. which is a very long time. Yeah, yeah also, I, I kind of think he should retire, but, but you know, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I also, it's interesting because he is having to wrestle between being a teacher and also being a principal at the same time mm-hmm. during all of this. And so it's like he has even more going on and like having to, you know, take more control of things and so it is sad to be like this is a thing that he loves to do and it is just affecting him that much um and rightfully so I mean no one wants to be treated in that way um it is tough I do really love really quickly how he's actually laughing with Alan and then whenever Turner says a a, like a joke as well his 
whole demeanor is still different of like we're just <laughs> colleagues like we are not neighbors <laughs> Uh, you, you don't get it. I think it was like one too many jokes. Yeah. He's like, I can't keep doing this. <laughs> I'm going through a lot right now. I need you all to relax. <laughs> yeah, no, but that garden metaphor, I also really loved because yeah. I, I, I'm also an English teacher. Um, so that was right up my alley. But what I liked about it <laughs> was that like they don't beat you over the head with, you know, compare like this is a comparison of the school year. And the fact that they trust you enough to get that is I think part of what makes the show work so well because yes. you know a lot of us were watching this when we were younger and we were used to shows that would feed you hand feed you all of these things and mm-hmm. you know for this show to sort of treat you a little bit more maturely than anybody else had in the time I think is what makes it as a whole so memorable because I think that a lot of the times we're feeling all of the things that these characters are feeling but we might be too little to really put to words what it is that these feelings are and i think that like you know this metaphor of the garden is a smaller example of the large-scale thing that the show does it like provides translation for the feelings that we were feeling back then but in a way that we could understand um and so that's why i also I'm gushing over this scene uh, because (laughs) they just respect you as an audience member. I think you can handle it. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things about the show is that it, it doesn't talk down to its audience in any way. It's part of the reason why I think I wanted to do the like lesson thing because it's always there, but you know, it's like leaving it to you to decide and understand and figure out. And that's like my favorite thing about it um, because it, it's, constantly addressing like so many different topics especially as they get older and so for them to you know to to really be addressing like difficult things but also in a way that is like you're not an idiot like I'm not talking down to you I'm talking to you about this topic and I'm leaving it to you to figure out because you are smart enough to do that is like such good writing because you're right like a lot of shows a lot of other shows are like a little bit more kitschy in the way that they're like teaching lessons like full house was like as an example just like very much <laughs> here's a warm hug and here's the thing that you learned and like i loved full house growing up like don't get me wrong but it's just it's a very different style of writing and i just i love i love the way that this show does it and this you know team of writers that we've gone through shout out to, to jeff sherman man that was a good one he has some of the best episodes of the show i'm he just does. gonna say it my favorite thing this has nothing, to, I mean, it, it has something to do with this episode of the scene in particular, but with the garden, I literally just saw Hamilton like a week ago. And so the entire time I was like, planting seeds in a garden, you know, you wish I to see. I was in the garden. <laughs> just like, what is a legacy? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like Mr. Fina wrote it before Lynn did, you know? Who knows? <laughs> oh, great. Okay. Um, so the next scene, more ludicrous V story. Eric is dressed up for this date with Brenda. And when Amy realizes that's who he's going out with, she protests. But Alan does the dude thing that it's like, oh, she's older than you. Then you can't date her a lot. Ha ha. It's funny. And Amy's like, Brenda is older and more experienced than you. You can't date her. Is this making sense? And Alan says, absolutely. Then to Eric, here's my wallet and my keys. Wake me when you get it. And he kisses Amy and she adds, he'll be the one on the couch. And that is the end of the scene. Um, there's, like, a lot of cute, funny stuff happening in here, but, like, I just deeply don't care about this V-story, so I've, like, <laughs> skipped all the good stuff, and I'm like, get through it. I slightly cared about it because I would wonder, as a parent, would I be cool with my 18-year-old going out to 27? Absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. No! I don't know how the mom was like, oh, he's going to sleep on the couch. No, I'm going to get a divorce if he's going to, you know, be okay <laughs> with that. That's wild. Getting a divorce. Wild. When I was 18, there was this 27-year-old that you wanted to date. No, that wanted to date me. And I was like, sir, I am a child. (laughs) I don't know what exactly about me. And to be fair, before I knew he was 28, I was super interested in him. When I found out he was 28, I was like, oh my God, no. What do you mean? We don't have anything in common. You're 10 years older than me. Has he been to Europe? Uh... (laughs) Does he like French food? I don't know, man. Listen, Didn't get that far. I stopped. Huh? I stopped learning about him as soon as I found out he was twenty-eight. Fair enough. Fair enough. Listen, if you've been to Europe, you are an adult that's worthy to date. <laughs> that's what we learn. That's what we learn in the next scene, really quick. Eric is on a date with Brenda at Chubby's, and they are not clicking. She asks if he's ever been to Europe, and he says no. But one time, I went to Pittsburgh. 
etc. He goes up to the counter to order food and Turner walks up. He asks Turner if he's ever been to Europe and he says he has. So he takes him over and introduces him to Brenda. There's obviously an immediate connection because they're two adults and he says, look, I'm going to go. And he walks back over to the counter and a girl his age named Christy walks up and says hi to him. He asks if she's ever been to Europe and she's like, no, but during the summer, my family's going to Pittsburgh. And he says, marry me. And that's the end of the scene and the B plot. That's it. That's the end of it. We don't see Eric again. I will say those lines were so, so punchy to me. Like the, the, um, <laughs> when he asks Turner, like, hey, if this goes well, you know, those tests, no, yeah, yeah. that was so funny. The, the, oh, there's a large <laughs> Polish, you know, community in those, Pittsburgh. Yeah, like, yeah, it was Pittsburgh. so, like, witty for being such a dumb plot. I was like, they put some effort, though, into those lines. <laughs> yeah, the, it's really funny in order to uh, deeply care. contrast with the, like, very serious yeah. other storyline that's happening, but I hate it so much because it's so stupid and unrealistic. It's not unrealistic, but it is stupid, and it made me angry, so I'm just like, fuck this. We don't spend time with it. <laughs> it. It did make me confused, though, because she, she says, like, we're missing here, and in my yeah. mind, that's a cue to, like, alright, like, bye, but no, he said, let's and get food. And he was food. like, uh, I'm gonna go get us food. <laughs> A little confused, but it's fine. I also want to go back to the beginning of the show and count how many times that the extra that Eric is talking to uh, is like someone in his class named Christy. Because like, I feel like that is the name that they always choose as the girl. It's It's something with the C. (laughs) Don't get it. Christy or Katie. He's got a type. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Back to the serious stuff. We are back in the Matthews kitchen. Corey and Topanga are studying when Sean bursts in and says Denny and a bunch of kids are down at the school doing more bad things. They rush out and we hard cut to Denny and some kids, indeed, doing a lot of vandalism. Corey wants to call the cops and Sean says that there's no time. This is our school. I'm not turning my back. I sleep here every day. <laughs> Corey's like, okay, okay, I'm right behind you. They step out into the schoolyard. Denny's excited to see Sean, tries to hand him some spray paint, which Sean knocks out of his hand. He says, I don't think so. And Denny's demeanor changes and he pushes Sean and asks, are you going to stop me? And Sean stumbles back, but doesn't say anything. Denny says, I didn't think so. And he opens the bolt cutters he has and snaps the chains off the door of the school, which is confusing for a later thing. Corey asks why they're doing this. And one of them says to show Feeney, we're not going to take his stinking test. And Denny says, oh yeah, we are. We're going to take his stinking test right off his stinking desk, which. Good one. Good one. Nailed it. Why is he rhyming right now? Uh, Topanga's like, why don't you just try studying? And they're like, no one needs that stuff. It's all about dead old guys like him. He doesn't teach history. He is history. He doesn't care about us. Corey's like, of course he cares about you. He's trying to push this little nugget of education past your baseball statistics and your criminal record right here. And he taps Denny's head and Denny says, touch my head again and I will break your finger. Corey steps back and says, see, I learned something. And Denny's like, that's more than you're ever going to learn from Feeney. Sean says, that's not true. Let me tell you something I learned from Feeney. See, it's cool for you guys to come down here to the schoolyard because you've got freedom of assembly. It's Amendment 1 of the Bill of Rights. Corey, confused, is like, Sean? And he says, I accidentally read the chapter. Corey asks what he learned, and he continues, I learned that they got the right to peaceably assemble. But the second you broke that lock, you broke the law, and I got the right to call the cops. Denny asks, why are you defending him? What has he ever done for you? Sean says, you see those bolt cutters in your hands? See how I don't have any in mine? That's what he's done for me. And Feeney steps out just then and says, breaking down the door to take your finals, Mr. Burgess, which is Denny's last name. The bad kids scatter. Feeney looks around at the mess and says, so, Mr. Hunter, you do listen in class sometimes, hmm? And Sean says, yeah, well, you know, some days you're talking so much I can't really sleep. And Corey asks what he's doing there so late. And he says, preparing your final exams. You're not the only one who works hard on these tests. Sean says, I hear Feeney's making them real hard this year so he can cram some more of that knowledge stuff into our heads. Feeney says, you think these are tough, Mr. Hunter. Wait till you see what I have in mind for you next year. Corey asks, next year? And Feeney confirms, perhaps this old dinosaur still has a few hundred million years left in him. And Sean says, we gotta be out of high school by then. Feeney gestures for them to head out and they go. And then he looks around at the schoolyard again. He kneels down and starts to gather some trash into a smash and overturn trash can. And then just out of frame, we see a hand holding some trash out. He looks up and it's Corey. They came back and they start to help clean up the trash as Feeney looks over them, kind of proud. The sweet music swells and that is the end of the episode proper. Mm. Of course, with the musical stinger. Uh, Yes, of course. It's the best way to end the episodes whenever there's a big big lesson <laughs> a big emotional moment uh, they're really just vandalizing the heck out of the place huh <laughs> yeah there's like feeny Fe- like go die i think is on the wall somewhere feeny sucks is over there i'm like you guys are criminals yeah um and like a cab 
but also you guys are criminals. <laughs> it is funny when Corey was like, we need to call the cops. I was like, no. They're trained no. to handle things like this yeah, when it was yeah, clearly yeah. like. Unruly crowds. Yeah, when all it took was actually another high schooler to talk to you guys. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> Talking them down and also a teacher coming out. Right. And like, <laughs> actually, that's all we needed. Uh, interesting. Um, why was there a bolt and chain around Okay, the yes. Let's talk about it because that's also the door Feeny comes out of, which means he was locked in the school, potentially. Oh, I didn't even think about it's, that. It's very, I don't know why. I mean, it's for the moment of them snapping the bolt off to be like, oh, I, I did something dramatic. Um, but it's so weird because it, it, <laughs> where did Feeny get in? Well, are those the front doors? Makes It makes me wonder if if, if that is, is it a back door? Is it a front door? Because if right. it was the back door, I guess why would you vandalize like the back door that nobody's going to see? You would want to make a statement. They call it the schoolyard. And we've seen that like area once before in another kind of like, it was like, it was a Sean episode um, where he's like with Harley, with the new Harley where they like vandalize the bike. <laughs> Um, that's the other time we see that schoolyard area, but it's just like, it, it looks like a parking lot. Like, I yeah. don't know. There's like a fence in part of it. It's there very is, weird. There's I don't a know parking why. curb thing just that, yeah. that's there. It's yeah. totally, yeah, the bolt cutter thing is totally for that Sean setup line though, because, yes. which is a fantastic line, but. A beautiful line, yeah. a well-written line. Ugh. Which I think also, again, goes hand in hand kind of with last week's because like it was for Sean, it was another like moment of revelation. Like I can do more like i've been given the opportunity to do more and i don't I want to waste it this. yeah and it was like yeah. again really nice to see that consistency for him um mm-hmm. similar to how we saw that redemption for Corey earlier i love that we don't know this for sure right but it seems like the reason that feeney changes his mind is because his three favorite students came through and mostly sean is like i learned something i have learned something from feeney and he has made me better and for Feeney, like that is what's important to him, right? Is like helping and impacting and growing these students. And so for him, it's like, okay, well, maybe it's still worth doing because, you know, well, some of these kids are still need learning me. from me. They need yeah, me. need me. Yeah, because yeah. if Tempega had said that line, if Corey said that line, it would not have hit the same. But because Sean said so, it, yeah. like that's what makes him know that he is effective as a teacher mm-hmm. and um, he is needed. Yeah. I did think it was funny I as soon as I started walking away like the musical stinger starts so I knew that they were going to come back but I was like come back and help him (laughs) I was like actually walking away yeah if you walked away from that I might actually retire you know (laughs) in real life I'm affected by this in real life and I'm quitting my job (laughs) it is I mean obviously right they left so they could have the moment of him coming back and be like I'm helping but it's it's he did shoo them away. He was like, go. It's fine. In a really cute way, I will say. Yeah. Like, I saw that twice. And I was like, oh. Like, it's just yeah. so uh, wholesome. He's like, he. the face he's making is like, yeah. oh, I love you guys. Get out of here. And it's very cute. It's very cute. I love. Oh, it's so great. Okay. End credits. We're at school. Um, the students gather up to look at their grades. And oh, my God. Grades being posted on a sheet outside of a door is my nightmare. I was watching this with my fiance. And she hadn't seen the show before. And she's like, to do they always do that? Do they do that in your school? And I was like, no, absolutely not. That's so horrifying. That's like borderline abusive for some people. Like, <laughs> that's insane. Well, and they're obviously by name. So everybody can see your grades, which is crazy to me. Um, I don't know. Maybe the 90s, that's how they did it. Like, it's weird. Uh, so Topanga reads off a bunch of C's and a D, and Sean's like, boy, you did lousy. She said, those are your grades, Sean. And he's very excited about this. Corey reads his grades off, a bunch of B's and a C, and Topanga's like, you did better than you thought. And Corey's like, this is encouraging. People, studying really is the way to go. Are you guys with me? And the gathered students cheer, and he says, then follow me. And we cut to all of them gathered at Chubby's mouths agape, clicking through channels like at the beginning, and that is the end of the up in full a fun tie around back to the beginning. Yeah, it was very cute. My only notes on that entire thing were just about the grades as well, because I would hate that so much. I <laughs> It's horrifying. I mean, that's oh. just asking for bullying at that point. Like, right? Oh, you got a fucking, you're so stupid. You got a D, got an F. Uh, yeah, like, or like, bull, let's bully Topanga because she gets A's all the time. Like, let's have her do our work. What kind of culture is that? Come on. It's bad. I don't know. And also, presumably they filled out paper 
exams. So why <laughs> why didn't they just get their exams back that had the grades on them? Yeah, like, to also bad. show you what you did wrong because that's how all tests the are. The point of feedback. <laughs> right. Yeah, the point. Yeah. The point of learning, really. Yeah. What did I do wrong? Ooh. How can I grow from this? Yeah. Exactly. But, Instead, yeah. you see this letter. This is this is see this letter in front of <laughs> your peers and friends that you have <laughs> grown with. Yeah. This defines you. Uh-huh. <laughs> do you You've understand? Good or bad job, depending. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Well, I guess, should we ask Dan first? What was the lesson, Dan? The lesson I took uh, is actually about the idea that the adults in your lives are human beings, too. And that Ooh. we all go through this journey. And I think it's true with teaching, too. Like, times when I remember my teachers being so, like, really, really powerful was when I realized that they weren't that different from me, that they have struggles. And I think one of the most important things you can do in the classroom is to normalize the struggle and make the students feel like they're not aliens, they're not, like, otherized in any way because they're struggling with something. But if they can see that the adults are too, they're sort of going through this this struggle together. And it mm. creates a lot of opportunities to humanize what life is about. Ah, oh, that's lovely. Sid? I mean, my whole thing was just respecting teachers because they go through a hell of a lot that you don't always get to see because it's just more than being in front of a classroom and talking to you. So. Thanks. Thanks. Much appreciated. (laughs) You're doing a great job, Dan. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, you're doing a great job, Dan. I know you're not teaching actively right now in this exact, like, it's summer. Summer break, baby. um, Yeah. Fun employed. But (laughs) But as a teacher, you're doing great and I'm proud of you. Um, yeah, listen, I have nothing to add. Those are beautiful, wonderful lessons. I genuinely think teachers have the hardest job on the planet. Um, braver than our troops, let's be real. And it's super not getting easier. And, um, so yeah, respect your teachers. If you're a student, first of all, listening to our podcast, hi, what are you doing here? Second of all, respect your teacher. You should. They're a person. And And maybe don't date somebody. (laughs) 12 years older than you you know oh yeah that's a good lesson don't date somebody a decade older than you when you are yourself even if your dad gives you too much permission it's so bad it was all played (laughs) for laughs in a way that was like no but this is this is bad you guys hey guys this one's bad no (laughs) anyway um that's the end of the podcast we've done it um i have a trivia fact here actually (gasps) yes on top of the sandlot one which was mentioned way earlier but when Brenda Marsh is at the house and she's looking at the photo, the family portrait over the fireplace, mm-hmm. uh, Lily Nixie is still Morgan. <laughs> yeah, it's still the old Morgan. It is. Which it is, is great. <laughs> I think they do update that eventually, but I can't remember when. I don't know if it's next season or the season after, but they do put an older photo of the kids in there. Because um, I'm pretty sure that's like one of the photos that they took for the like show photo shoot. Because it's the they're all wearing the same clothes in the like Disney Plus card that is up <laughs> on the screen. So yeah, that's so fun. Oh, R.I.P. Lily Nixie. I hope you're doing well. <laughs> I was like, she died. Uh, no, no, she's not dead. <laughs> she's just not in the show anymore. Got it, got it, got it, got it. I think she has a child now. Yeah, I think I recently I did know saw that. that. That's yeah. exciting. Good for her. I wonder if she watches Boy Meets World, but only the early. She seasons. was in the finale of Girl Meets World, which is pretty weird. Both of them were. Both of Morgan's work. <laughs> it's weird. We can talk about it when we get there. But <laughs> Just doing the Spider-Man pointing meme at each other. Like, like <laughs> you're, you're Morgan? There's, it's so... I, we can talk about it in the far-flung future, but it's just so weird the way that they do it. But, like, there was no way for them to, like, not do it because they were basically in the show for, well, not equal amounts of time because Lily Nixie was done by season two. But, like, anyway, the new girl... I know she she didn't start until mid season three so they were and she's recurring for a while so like they're probably in the show about the same amount um maybe uh older Morgan a little bit more but yeah <laughs> there was no way for them to like not do both it was very strange it was very strange anyway Dan thank you so much for joining us for this episode thank you so much for having me it was a great really fun one go back down memory lane and then remember why i loved the show so much and also why i was so sad back in childhood (laughs) but yeah no i really appreciate it feel free to come back i think you were a great guest you had wonderful insight yeah after after the fact it's been approved 
Yes, you've been approved. Oh, you are welcome to come back. <laughs> sweating it there. Not if I have anything to say about it. <laughs> oh no, Sid hates you. <laughs> I got the entire go. time like, oh Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Say one, more all my points. say one more fucking thing. <laughs> if you say one better, one more good thing, I swear to God, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get rid of him. Sorry, kill him. Yeah, get rid of him. <laughs> we're, gonna get... <laughs> we're gonna get rid of him. Oh man. Well, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the Lost Years Pod. We share when episodes drop, and we share fun memes. We ask what you are nostalgic for. I'm going through like a life crisis, so I didn't ask what uh, <laughs> I didn't ask a question. Um, we had one person answer our last week question later, like it was after we recorded. Um, so we'll just do. I'm I'm jumping in at Sid's thing right now. Now I'm doing the social media thing. Um, our question last week, what was your favorite book series from your childhood? Again, thank you for all the wonderful submissions we got to that. That was a really fun discuss- discussion. Um, but Chex926 said the Redwall series, still a favorite to this day. Um, and and they said that right after we recorded. So, oh, my God. I have a Redwall Sid cookbook. just has that with her. That's so funny. Is the series a series of cookbooks or is that just a cookbook based off the series? It's a cookbook based off the series. Okay. Oh, that's amazing. It was funny because I just remembered that that was what uh, that person had said. And I was like, funny enough, <laughs> I have something. Literally <laughs> in in reaching distance from Sid. She just pulled that out immediately. That's amazing. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Thank you, Chex, for submitting that. We didn't want to forget about you. So, Dan, do you have a book series? Oh, yeah. Do you have a favorite book series? Um, actually, it was said last week with the series of unfortunate events was my jam. Um, oh. It was the first time I felt like I could actually read more than one book Aww. sort of thing you know and uh to it was like a mystery and i was like oh my god can i figure it out with them and it was just really <laughs> uh engaging and uh, i don't know riveting made me feel part of the world amazing i love it i had a series of unfortunate events uh game boy advance game that oh my god was amazing oh. and <laughs> solved like so many book. so many mysteries and it was actually a very difficult game. So props to whoever made that. Um, they did a great job. <laughs> Incredible. So if there's ever a murder, we know how to co- come to you. Yeah. I will not do well. <laughs> I cannot solve That's exactly anything. what that means. <laughs> Got it. Cool. 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 Um, awesome. Well, if you want to email us, you can do that as well at thelostyearspod at gmail.com. We might read your email on the show. You can also rate us, write a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. It helps us out, helps people find the show and is a really, just a really lovely thing to do. It makes us feel good when we get to read your reviews and they say nice things about us. So, you know, feel free to do that. It's, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun for you. It's fun for me. (laughs) Yeah. Mutually beneficial fun. (laughs) Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> Dan loves reading them. Just... I love it. Yeah. yeah. It's my favorite. Constantly refreshing. Uh, thank you to the Scavengers Network for having us on the network. You can check out other cool shows like Dazed and Confused, 33 and a Third, and It Jams for Thee on www.scavengersnetwork.com. I always feel funny plugging that You're one. You're plugging that one? Because <laughs> I'm like, if you like our content, check out our other content. <laughs> Our, our one singular other podcast. If you haven't caught up on it, what are you doing? There's only one episode. <laughs> there's only one episode. And it's really funny. Is it just you We two? did a great job. No. It's it's us, our friend Az, and then uh, a couple of other of our friends on the network, Colin. And why was I going to say James? It's not James. It's Dan. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not this Dan. It's a different Dan. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is really fun. If you like Space Jam, you'll like that podcast. It's about Space Jam. So we love Space Jam. We love Space Jam. Um, our personal handles. <laughs> in this house, we love Space Jam. In our two separate houses right now, we love Space Jam. Um, our personal handles are in our show handles, but if you want to find me individually, I am currently live tweeting uh, The Bachelorette and uh, A Court of Fae and Flowers on Dimension 20 starts tonight, which I'm not going to have time to watch tonight, which is really fucking sad, actually. Uh, but I will probably be tweeting about that ex- obsessively on my live Twitter. So check me out at Taze Live Tweets. Um, and that's where I'm spending a lot of time these days, besides like my regular social media. I'm on TikTok at Sudsley and also at Sud Live Tweets on Twitter. Uh, and I have to catch up with The Bachelor at, I was going to say The Bachelor, it's not right. This week's episode, crazy, Sid. I'm excited. 
I it was Monday and we were in the hotel and I was like casually hanging around and an hour into the bachelorette I was like oh no oh no because <laughs> all my days are confused but yeah I'm gonna catch up on that yeah all right well I think that that was a good episode of podcasting that we did and I'm proud of all of us I'm proud of you guys oh thanks Dan thanks Dan <laughs> yeah what can I say? What can I thanks say? Dan for being here Again, once again, this is a really lovely conversation uh, to have you on for. So thanks. So and um, until next time. Your Tay. Your Sid. Just like it's always been. What else do you need to know? Goodbye, fam. Bye, fam. The Scavengers Network. Creator driven. Community focused. Treasured content. Scene do. Flashback. Setting February 2nd. Hey, Colin, I was just thinking about making a podcast where we go scene by scene through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. James, I love that. That is a great idea. I'll tell you what, see if you can flesh it out just a little bit more, and then we'll get back together again soon and talk about it again. Scene 4. Flashback. Setting February 20th. Man, I can't stop thinking about that idea of James's. It was so interesting. I wonder if we could do it in some sort of, like, chronological order. Scene 1. Present day. Setting. March 2nd. Colin, I was thinking about that Marvel podcast idea I had last month. Oh, yes, that idea. Oh, I love it so much. I remember it like yesterday. Scene 3. Present day. Minutes later. God, we were so young back then. It turns out I've been thinking about that podcast, too. Really? What were you thinking? All right, let me paint you a picture. It was a couple of days after President's Day. Scene 5, present day, minutes after that. Chronological, huh? That's a pretty good idea. So, like, if there's a flashback, we put it in the place on the timeline that's being flashed back to? Yeah. What, what do you think? I think absolutely. Let's do it. Why don't we call it Timeline Scavengers? Scene six, the future. Oh, how are we not done yet? That's my secret, Colin. We'll never be done. Timeline Scavengers, assembling the MCU timeline forever.